What's up, nerds? ESPN Plus, the ESPN app. You won't see a team play worse than my team played yesterday. The New York Jets' performance yesterday was an embarrassment. You, you hired somebody that doesn't even understand what an SC Trojan is all about. Like, stop! Hi, I'm Brian Barnhart, voice of the Fighting Illini, and this is your home for Fighting Illini Sports. 98.9, the game. And now, broadcasting live and local, from the 98.9 The Game Studios in Effingham, Illinois, it's the starting lineup with Travis Sparks. Season's over. I'm done. And Eric Fry. Like, I love the movie Draft Day. It's one of my top five favorite movies of all time. (laughs) It's the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. What's up, everybody? Happy Friday to you after a short little week after that Memorial Day weekend. It's finally Friday. Weekend is almost here. And it's Travis Sparks, Eric Fry, hanging out with you for the next hour here on ESPN Radio. Coming up for you to uh, close out the week, we got a strong show for you. Coming up, we're going to be talking to some uh, local sports, baseball and uh, softball. St. Anthony, we're going to get you set for their matchup at the uh, state tournament later on uh, today in uh, Peoria. We'll dive deep into uh, their opponent coming up a little bit later. And also FEM in action tomorrow for a sectional championship that we'll take a peek at as well and of course we'll take a whip around a major league baseball what happened last night and what's on a tap for today and this weekend as it seems like it's been forever but the cardinals are making a trip to pittsburgh this weekend for a series with the pirates and they're gonna have an outfielder rejoining them so uh, we'll hit up on that coming up and a special broadcaster as well on Sunday's matchup so uh, we'll take a quick peek at that as well and of course it doesn't start tonight but it starts this weekend it starts tomorrow the uh, Stanley Cup a final between the uh, Panthers and the Golden Knights so we'll take a look at that matchup as well at some point and also we got to cover a NASCAR NASCAR Pick'em we've had a couple news and notes from Mm -hmm. uh, throughout the week of course Noah Chase Elliott this week as it's in St. Louis. St. Louis. Well, I say it's in St. Louis. It's not really. I think it's Madison, Illinois. It's Ma- Yeah, it's Madison. And it's not even on the – it's still on the Illinois side of the river. It is. So. It is. But they like to say the St. Louis market, right? They do. And uh, so we'll get our pickums for uh, that race. And also we'll hit up on uh, some Illinois news and notes as well. As missed out on a Ray J. Dennis, but we did get a, a point guard in the uh, portal after all. And so we'll touch on that as well. 
So uh, that's all coming up here on a, a jam-packed starting lineup to uh, close out this uh, short work week. And, of course, the starting lineup would not be possible without the uh, folks from McMahon Meats, Tingley Insurance Agency, Wet Pools and Spas, Worth Computer Repair, and Teutopolis State Bank. All right, uh, so we got a lot to get into here today, a lot to uh, dive into. And so let's get it started and let's get it up with First Things First. Before we get into the show. First things first. And we're starting off in the NBA last night as the finals are underway. Game number one took place there in Denver. And we talked about the rest or rust situation for the Nuggets. And it looked like they had no problems whatsoever with the long rest period that they had as they came out and they blew out the heat as they uh, Miami did cut it down 10 points at one point, and uh, the final was uh, 104 to uh, 93. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, the Nuggets jumped on them early and and often, and they had a big halftime lead. And uh, it was Denver ended up getting the win with a overall team effort there. I mean, Caldwell Pope, he had seven, but that was the only starter that wasn't in a double figures. And go figure, it was another night at the office for the Joker. Yep. 27 points, 14 assists, 10 rebounds. That's another triple-double here in his playoffs. Ninth. His ninth this postseason. Uh, this postseason his alone. NBA single pre- postseason record. Yeah, so yep. uh, Jamal Murray, we talked about him yesterday about showing up this series, kind of being the second to yep. Jokic, and he ended up with a 20 six points into the game to help Denver take a 1-0 series lead in the finals. Jokic's 14 assists, Travis, are an NBA record for a finals debut, and he also came the second player in NBA history to record a triple-double in his finals debut, joining the kid, Jason Kidd, back in 2002. His teammates, Travis, were 14 of 19 off of his passes. Hmm. They were 11 of 14 on open looks off of his passes. Hmm. This the offense runs through him, and he is such a unique player. Yeah, because he's a big guy, mm-hmm. but he's a really good ball handler. Oh yeah, and they're always talking about how he kind of always looks exhausted, but mm-hmm. he has a high engine and yep. always uh, never really tired, even though he looks tired. Yep. And especially, it's great for a, a big guy like that. According to the Elias Sports Bureau, Travis Jokic is the second player in NBA history to lead both teams outright in points and assists in the finals debut. Who is the other player, you may ask? Who is that? Michael Jordan in 1991. Anytime you can company. say NBA Finals and you're in the same company as Michael Jordan, yeah. you're, you're pretty good because he had a pretty good record in those NBA Finals, if I remember correctly. Pretty, yes, yeah, is a pretty solid <clears throat> <LeBron>. record. Um, <laughs> Looking at you, the duo joined uh, of Murray and Jokic joined Magic Johnson and James Worthy in Game One of the 1987 Finals as the only teammates each with 25 points and 10 assists in a Finals game. They scored or assisted on 87 of the 104 Nuggets points in Game One. That is 80. But it wasn't just the offense, Travis. It was the defense. Miami shot 8 of 23 when contested by either Jokic or Murray. And Aaron Gordon had 12 points in the first quarter. All of his field goals were dunks or layups. His most in any quarter in his entire career. Hmm. And 12 points are his most in any quarter this postseason. And tied for the second most in any quarter in his postseason career. So Aaron Gordon finding it. 
Yeah. Finding it. It's definitely having a success there in Denver. And, uh, hey, they're role players. I mean, I guess if you want to call Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon role players, uh, Michael Porter Jr. did have a, a double-double. He had 14 points, 13 rebounds, uh, and that's uh, good for him. I don't really know if he's known too much as a uh, rebounder there. So he got a lot of those early mm-hmm. on often. And we talked about the role players showing up. The role players, along with Jimmy Butler, yeah. really didn't show up last night. Jimmy Buckets only ended up with 13. Yep. Bam led the Heat with 26. But Caleb Martin, absolutely no show. Well, him and Strauss combined Strauss. to go one for 17 from the field. That is 5.9%. That's tied for the worst field goal percentage in NBA Finals by two teammates who started a game since starters were first tracked in the 70-71 season. The other duo was Ray Allen, who went 0 for 13, and Kendrick Perkins, who went 1 for 4. In 2010, so obviously that one for four isn't nearly as bad as going one for seven or no. 0 for ten. Furthermore, Strauss became the fourth player in the shot clock era to go 0 for ten or worse in a finals game, joining Ray Allen in 2010, Dennis Johnson in 1978, and Guy Rogers in 1964. Nine of Strauss's misses came from three-point range, tying yeah. Steph Curry in 2022 for the second most three-point attempts without a make in a finals. Only John Starks was 0 for 11. In 1994, it was worse. And the Heat, speaking of three, failed to take advantage of wide-open three-pointers in Game 1. After making 48% of those shots in the conference finals versus the Celtics, the Heat shot 5 of 16 on wide-open threes in Game 1, which is when the closest defender, by the way, in case you're wondering, was six-plus feet away. You are 5 for 16 on wide-open threes. Yeah. You deserve to lose. They Mm -hmm. also attempted just two free throws, the fewest in a playoff game in NBA history. Hmm. The Nuggets committed only eight personal fouls. That's four fewer than any other team in finals history. Right, yeah. Highsmith's free throws, two for two. That was it in yeah. the whole game. Yeah. Miami's now it's all time in game. So, to me, Travis, I mean, but as we all know, it takes adjusting to the altitude. That's right. So we heard that in the last last series that, you know, the Lakers just couldn't get adjusted to, to Denver. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, hey. Denver came out and did what they needed to do. Their players showed up. The only bright spot for the Heat was Bam, as you said, had 26 points, 13 rebounds, and five assists. It's his 22nd career 20-point game in the playoff, breaking a tie with Alonzo Mourning for fourth most in Heat history behind Wade, James, and Butler. So, um, Bam actually won the individual one-on-one matchup against Jokic um, Hmm. between the two of them. Uh, Bam had more points than Jokic. Um, but obviously Jokic had more free throws. He was 5-6 from the line. So historically the winner of game one of the finals goes on to win the series 70% of the time. Hmm. So be on the lookout for that. So uh, be on the lookout as uh, the Heat, they fall in game one, and they'll try to bounce back for game two, and that will be on a Sunday. They're at a 7 o'clock, and Denver favored by 8.5 points for game number two and it couldn't be all doom and gloom for the heat as uh, I was listening to the pregame show here on 98.9 last night and they were talking about as the game started growing closer how uh, Woj reported that uh, Tyler Hero he's going to test his hand that he broke in the first round of the playoffs Mm -hmm. and uh, he could potentially uh, return to the lineup for game two. So mm. uh, that would be a big boost for the Heat roster if they could get him going and get him in there right. uh, after having surgery. Um, so 
Uh, that was on April 21st is when he had that hand surgery. And uh, he'll continue to ramp up his workouts and uh, trying to get a sense of how the hand responds to contact before making a decision. Decision. If he's unable to return for game two on Sunday, there's confidence that Hero will be available for game three on a Wednesday. So uh, they could be getting some reinforcements. They need him. Back with Tyler Hero. They need but, him. I mean, he's just coming off surgery and just – Hasn't played since yeah, what game are you gonna one get of the him? of the playoffs. So, I mean, hey, they all they need all the help they can get from beyond the arc, and Tyler Hero would uh, certainly be welcome, I'm sure, for the Heat. But uh, like I said, if he's not available for a game two, he'll be available there in Miami for game three, uh, potentially. So. Uh, he said on Eric Spolstra said on Wednesday that he did not want to set a timetable for Hero. He had said he'd hope to return at some point during the finals following Game Seven against the Celtics. Hero stayed long after most of his teammates left the arena on Wednesday to get another workout and put up extra shots. That's become a trend uh, with everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised we haven't got video of that. Uh, and so. Hero could change the geometry of Miami's offense when he returns as he's the Heat's main threat to pull up for three and long twos against dropback coverage. He also could represent another defensive vulnerability for Denver. So uh, that would be a big boost in the arm, big Very boost much. in the hand Yep, for Tyler Hero. Like what you said there. He returns. So uh, we'll see his uh, status as we uh, draw closer to game two on Sunday. They're at 7 o'clock on ABC. And we'll explore the Stanley Cup Finals as they begin this weekend as well. So uh, finals in the NBA, get going. And so will the Stanley Cup Finals. We'll see who the champions between the Panthers and the Golden Knights. We will have a first-time winner of the Stanley Cup. How do you feel about that? So I actually do kind of like that, that both these teams are fighting to Host the cup for, for the, the first, first time. time. Very first time. Now, there is someone on uh, the Knights who's hosted the uh, cup. I know one for sure. That would be Alex Petrangelo, of course. He was the first one to host up the uh, cup when the Blues uh, won it in 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they do have some experience, and they do have several players that are still on the team from that uh, squad that made the finals in there inaugural debut year season. yeah so uh we'll explore that matchup a little bit later but right now we're gonna come back and after the break and talk some local sports take a look at that softball matchup later on today there at the state tournament with the saint anthony going up against taylor rockridge and we'll explore that as well as the sectional championship on a saturday for a couple of area teams as well coming up here on the starting lineup the starting lineup from 98.9 the game studios we'll be right back This is Effingham Fire Chief Brent Yoakum. We have all heard about home fires, taking lives, and destroying all that a family owns. These tragedies remind us to double check for fire safety. The Effingham Fire Department says, make sure your home has properly installed and working smoke alarms. Replace the batteries each time you change the hour on your clocks. Practice a fire escape plan. Teach children never to hide if there's a fire. In case of fires, the most important thing to do is to protect life. Get out and stay out. Imagine the possibilities with the Topless State Bank. This is Justin Naders. If you're buying a home, see us to get pre-qualified. When you're pre-qualified, the seller knows you mean business, and that can save you thousands. If you're building a new home, we'll help you get started with a construction loan customized just for you. Ask around. Talk to your friends. 
You'll see why so many homes start with a little help from Teutopolis State Bank. And Teutopolis, Sigel, and Effingham. Equal housing lender and member FDIC. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ah, thinking about gas mileage. You know, changing your oil with a full synthetic oil like Valvoline Advanced can help your engine get more miles. Right now, buy a five-quart jug and get a free STP Extended Life oil filter. That's right, free. Get started on your next job today with the parts you need, when you need them, at AutoZone or AutoZone.com. Get in zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or tick it. Paid for by NHTSA. Finding great people to hire is like trying to find a needle in a haystack. It's pretty difficult, right? Well, ZipRecruiter has mastered finding a needle in a haystack, so they take it to the next level. They make hiring so simple that it's like finding a needle in a needle stack. And that's why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com free. Here's what it's like to use ZipRecruiter. They have so many qualified candidates that it's easier to find the right ones for your roles. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. That's a lot of needles. So how do they do it? ZipRecruiter's powerful technology sends you candidates who are a great match for your job, and you can even invite your top choices to apply. So if you want less hay and more needles, head to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. And now, the starting lineup. You know, Travis, I like you. <laughs> okay. But you're wrong. Flora's going to get this win. All right. Handedly, 42 to 14. 42 14. Wow. Flora. The disrespect. <laughs> On 98 9, the game. Welcome back in to the starting lineup here on 98.9 The Game, ESPN Radio. Just got done talking about the NBA Finals. If you missed that segment or any of our other segments in the past, especially yesterday's first things first, it was for the books yesterday when we had that discussion about Illinois and Terrence Shannon Jr. and Coleman Hawkins returning. It was a good one, so I encourage you to seek that out and check that out on our podcast feed as yesterday's episode, wherever you find your favorite pods, iTunes, Spotify, and even our website. You can check it out, fmradio.com. All right, so let's hit up on some local sports this weekend. We got a couple of games on a tap for today. In softball, they're at the Peoria Louisville Slugger Sports Complex 
Class 1A already underway uh, this morning as we got uh, later on and we got the number one seed at Beecher versus the two seed at Johnson City. They're at approximately 3 o'clock. And then that's the next matchup is the next one that we're looking out for. Especially we got the uh, St. Anthony Bulldogs matching up with Taylor Rockridge there. And that game is approximately a 5-30 on uh, tap for later on today at the uh, state tournament. And uh, uh, Rockridge is impressive to uh, say the very least as uh, they are currently 36-1 and on the season. And uh, their only loss came on April 8th to Ottawa. And that was a one to nothing score. So a close, nice pitch league game there. They're currently on a 28-game win streak. Uh, Rockridge won the Princeton Regional. They won their own a sectional championship. And uh, just this past week, they won the East Peoria Super Sectional. And they have a lot of lopsided scores on their schedule. And Rockridge is impressive because that loss on April 8th was their first in like two or three years. As uh, they are the back-to-back reigning and defending 2A state champions. Last year, they defeated Pontiac in the semis. And they beat Freeburg in the title game 5-2-4, and that was to cap off back-to-back undefeated seasons. And they were also a state champs in 2018 as well. A couple players to look out for for St. Anthony purposes, the senior Peyton Brown. Uh, she slugged 27 home runs this year and 56 RBIs for the senior as she was uh, – important piece in that squad last year as well and so was a junior Kendra Lewis she can also slug it at the plate she leads the team in RBI she has 57 and she also has 14 home runs and she's also the main pitcher as well for uh, Rockridge she's pitched 129 innings this season in 25 games she's 23-0 1.47 ERA and she has 183 Ks the next closest pitcher has pitched 20 or 38 innings there, so almost a uh, hundred inning difference uh, there. Over on the other side of Forest St. Anthony, they're 24 and a three overall. They're currently on a 20 a game win streak. Their last loss was on April 12th to Olney, and that was a seven to six final. Of course, the Bulldogs are winners of the NTC tournament and regular season. They won the uh, Tabulous Regional Championship, the Tolono Unit Sectional, and also they uh, on Monday. Uh, were the Milken Super Sectional winners. And, of course, the Bulldogs were second place in 2021. That was in 1A. This year, of course, got bumped up. And last year, got bumped up to 2A. And so uh, that's a lot more difficult than a 1A. But they're still here in the state tournament. And a lot of those girls are on this year's squad as well. As we talked about when they made it there, there was such a underclassman-heavy team and most of those girls are here as well including Lucy Fearday she's of course the main pitcher and a three sport athlete there for St. A she's currently 19 and 1 on the season she's pitched 119 innings 1.71 ERA and 112 Ks in the circle in 24 games offensively uh, they're led by Addie Wormsing uh, she has a couple of home runs and 35 RBIs in a favor she has three home runs and 21 RBIs Abby Hatton has five homers and a 27 RBIs but uh, they're more balanced they don't have a lot of home runs totals but uh, as I mean Peyton Brown when I saw that 27 homers in a season 
That's pretty, uh, pretty good. Very impressive, yes. Yeah, so uh, that's what St. Anthony is uh, looking like, and uh, they'll play no matter what tomorrow. Yep. Uh, they'll either play in the uh, third-place game or the uh, championship, and the third-place game would be at 1 o'clock tomorrow in Peoria, and the uh, championship game would follow that at 3.30. Uh, and uh, so uh, wherever the Bulldogs will be playing, they'll be coming home with a, another trophy, but they hopefully will bring back the biggest one of them all there. So good luck against uh, Rockridge today at 530. Regardless, but finishing in the top four of the entire state, definitely in 2A, definitely something to be proud about. Definitely, uh, for sure. So uh, they're already up there, and they'll be prepping for today's game, I'm sure, a little bit later as it draws near. Also uh, coming up later on today in a 3A in softball, it's the Chatham-Glenwood sectional championship. It's the number one seed in Mount Zion. They're 31-5 and five on the season. They're winners of their own regional, and they're taking on Chatham-Glenwood, the other number one seed in that sectional, and they're 29-1-1 on the season, and they're Taylorville regional champions. That game will be at 4.30 today. And last year, Mount Zion lost to Chatham-Glenwood in the sectional semifinals, 13-2-3. So looking for a little bit of revenge. And uh, Glenwood, they're looking to win the sectional this year as they lost in the championship game last year to Muhammad Seymour. So uh, good luck to uh, the uh, Braves uh, today taking on uh, Glenwood and the winner of today's matchup. Well, we'll talk about that coming up in a little bit because uh, the winner of the Highland sectional will be taking on the winner of this sectional in supers and uh, let's take a uh, just quick peek at uh, Saturday's action as well I already mentioned the uh, state tournament going on there with St. Anthony but also uh, the Highland sectional championship the winner of the Bethalto Civic Memorial Regional the three seed Waterloo they're 18 and 12 and one on the year they are taking on the winner of the Centralia Regional, and that's the two-seed Charleston, and they're 26-5 and five on the season. That game will be at noon tomorrow, and Charleston has never won a, a sectional title in a softball, so looking to make some history there for the uh, Trojans. And the winner of this will take on the winner of that, Mount Zion and uh, Chatham-Glenwood uh, in the super sectionals there in uh, Decatur at Milliken, and that game will be at 4.30 on Monday. And if you're curious if Charleston does advance there, Mount Zion has swept the doubleheader earlier this month or mm. last month. Mm-hmm. It's not May anymore. It's May 5th. Yes. 11 to 5 and 5 to 3 were the finals there. So could have an all Apollo super sectional matchup on Monday, but we'll have to see. Mm-hmm. And also in uh, baseball in the Centralia sectional championship in uh, 3A, that's where we have the winner of the Mount Vernon regional, the host to Mount Vernon Rams as they're 23 and 14 on the year and they'll take on the winner of the Olney Regional and that's the three seed hearts of Effingham. They come in at 20 and a 15 and that game will be at 11 a.m. there in Centralia and this was a rematch of a March 25th game where Effingham came from behind and won 9 to a 7. Effingham trailed 7 to 2 after four innings and then that's when they started the comeback. They got two in the fifth to make it seven to four. And they got three in the top of the sixth to tie it up. And then two more in the top of the seventh to complete the comeback. So uh, FEM already with a uh, win under their belt uh, against Mount Vernon. So uh, we'll see what happens this time around when everything is on the line. Mm-hmm. And uh, going for the sectional championship uh, there in Centralia are the hearts. And I believe I said it was the going for their third 
sectional championship there in Centralia today or wow. tomorrow. So uh, let's see. Uh, the winner of this game would take on the winner of the Lincoln uh, sectional as Rochester or Champaign Central. That game will be at a 10 a.m. there in Lincoln tomorrow, and that will be also up in Decatur at Milliken at 6 o'clock underneath the lights there for that super sectional matchup on Monday. So we'll hopefully be talking about some super sectional matchups with Mount Zion mm -hmm. and Charleston and also Effingham as well come Monday. So we'll look forward to that after the weekend. So uh, stay tuned to the website. We'll have up the uh, scores later on tonight when those uh, games become final, and uh, we'll be updating them tomorrow as well. So uh, we'll uh, step away, and we'll come back, and we'll hit up on uh, some uh, Major League Baseball. Not a lot of action from yesterday, especially locally, but we'll take a quick peek at that as well as the weekend matchups coming up next here on the Star Lineup. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back. The first month of summer's here, and so are the summertime deals at Roll King. Get your AC ready with our latest Rudy special, R134A Auto Refrigerant, now only $7.99 a can. Plus, keep that pool cool and clean with four packs of liquid pool coordinator for just $16.99. And save $20 on two and a half gallons of glyphosate herbicide, now just $149.99. Get these deals and more at RollKing.com or your neighborhood Roll King, America's farm and home store. Our client's success is our success. When you're in business, planning a marketing strategy and keeping up with marketing trends can be tough. At Cromwell Media in Effingham, we get that, but we're here to help. That's what we do. Current marketing specialists at Cromwell Media in Effingham have years of experience helping local businesses grow. We've built many great relationships. Sound like something you'd like to be a part of? Cromwell Media offers a great opportunity to work with local businesses to help them grow. Experience is preferred, but we'll work with you if you're not. Main thing is to build relationships and to help people. We have the tools it takes to get you to the next level. So if you're ready for a rewarding career, we'd love to talk to you. Full or part-time positions available. For more information, go to effinghamradio.com or email your resume to sheila.myers at cromwellmedia.com or drop off at 405 South Banker, Suite 201 in Effingham. Equal opportunity, affirmative action employer. If you served in the Vietnam, Gulf War, or post-9-11 eras, you may be eligible for expanded VA benefits. A new law, known as the PACT Act, provides disability compensation, health care, free toxic exposure screens, and more to veterans who were exposed to toxins during their military service. You can submit a claim for your PACT Act-related benefits now. Claims received by August 10, 2023 may be paid back to August 10, 2022. Visit va.gov forward slash PACT to learn more and file your claim. I'm Scott Trout, attorney and CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Schedule an appointment with one of Cordell & Cordell's Springfield area attorneys. 2815 Old Jacksonville Road, Suite 103, Springfield, Illinois, 62704. Meet Joe A, Hi. Joe B, Hello. and Joe C. What's up? Three everyday Joes perfecting their banking with Chase. Joe A is locking his lost debit card with the Chase mobile app. 
Nacho B is cruising toward his new ride with Autosave. And Joe C's Chase Banker helped him budget to go back to school. Tools that help protect. Support for what's next. One bank that puts you in control. Visit chase.com slash checking. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Messaging and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. And now, the starting lineup. That was back in the 50s and 60s. I know not a lot of... There were not as many teams, not as many good players or whatever, but... but Travis knows this from personal experience. Go ahead. (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't help it. Go ahead. No, I'm good. (laughs) I'm good. Eight in a row, impressive. (laughs) On 98.9 The Game. Eric Fry Sports Center update the St. Louis City SC go for their third win in a row when they host Houston Dynamo at City Park tomorrow night. City's coming off a 3-1 win over Vancouver last Saturday. St. Louis is in second place in the Western Conference with eight wins, one draw, and four losses for 25 points. Chicago Fire FC go up against the top team in the Eastern Conference this weekend as the Fire visit FC Cincinnati at TQL Stadium tomorrow night. Chicago's coming off a scoreless draw against Toronto. On Wednesday, the Fire are 12th place in the Eastern Conference with three wins, eight draws, and four losses for 17 points. Chicago Sky look to stay above 500 when they host the New York Liberty at Wintrust Arena tonight. Sky lost the Atlanta Dream 83-65 on Tuesday night and fell to 3-2. The Liberty enter the game with a 3-1 mark. Tonight's game will be the first of two contests that Chicago and New York will play this weekend as the teams will meet at Barclays Center on Sunday morning. Chicago Bears wrapped up their second week of OTAs yesterday. Chicago completed its third practice session of the week and sixth of the offseason. The team will return to Hallis Hall for a final week of OTAs on Monday. The Fever will be looking to bounce back from their recent loss when they host the Las Vegas Aces on Sunday afternoon at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Indiana has started the season 1-3 and and is currently last in the Eastern Conference. The Aces are leading the Western Conference record of 4-0. Sunday's battle between the Indians, Indiana and Las Vegas is the first of three during the regular season. Welcome back into the uh, starting lineup here. Travis Sparks and Eric Fry over there with the uh, Sports Center hits today. Let's take a whip around in Major League Baseball. Uh, not a lot of action from uh, last night, but let's get to it before we get to the weekend. Uh, the Blue Jays, they beat the uh, Brewers 3-1 uh, as Kevin Gosman had a great pitching performance. 11 strikeouts as Chapman and mm-hmm. Bobachet go deep in the three to one win. The Mets also got the win over the Phillies of four to two and they sweep them right out of town as Max Scherzer gets his sixth win of or only his fifth win of the season in that sweep of Philadelphia. Uh the Padres beat up on the Marlins pretty good. Ten to one final as so we just talked about Joe Musgrove and his no hitter. Well, he carried it into the sixth inning and lost it. And also, Gary Sanchez hit another home run again. Back-to-back days mm. for Gary Sanchez. So is he back? He's back. Possibly. <laughs> Maybe found his swing there in the San Diego. Could they be. Were in Miami, but you get what I mean. Mm-hmm. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Uh, Diamondbacks got the win over the Iraqis, a 5-2-4. And the Diamondbacks, look at them go as – they are right up there in the top of the West. They're tied with the Dodgers with the five-game winning streak that they're on for the NL West lead. How about the young Diamondbacks? Mm. What a great start they had. They are. Tied for first place. And keeping it going, too. Not a lot of people predicted that. No. At uh-uh. the beginning of the Mm-mm. season. 
the Red Sox, uh, they got six runs in the eighth inning, and they avoided the sweep, but they won 8-2 to two last night against Cincinnati. 7-6, uh, to six, Twins, a winner over the uh, Guardians, and uh, the Astros won over the Angels 5-2. to two. And uh, Blanco gets his uh, first win there in his major league career for the Astros. Mm. And that was it from last night. Not a lot of action going on. Let's take a look at the weekend series as uh, the Brewers there in Cincinnati this weekend to take on the Reds. You got Corbin Burns on the mound for Milwaukee tonight. Oakland is against uh, Miami this weekend. Uh, Philadelphia, after that sweep, they're going to Washington to take on the Nationals. Zach Wheeler on the bump for Philadelphia. Tampa is in Boston to take on the Red Sox. Tyler Glasnow on the mound for the Rays. Toronto's in New York to take on the Mets. Bassett against Verlander tonight. Seattle up against Texas. Got Luis Castillo against John Gray. Angels continue with the Astros. It's Otani Day as Yay. he's on the mound today against Farmer Valdez. Uh, Guardians continue with the uh, Twins. Uh, Rockies are in Kansas City to take on the Royals. Detroit, they are in Chicago to take on the White Sox. Arizona is hosting Atlanta. Charlie Morton against Muriel Kelly. And you got the Yankees and the Dodgers matchup. So I don't even have to look at Sunday's schedule. I already know that's the Sunday night game. And you can hear it on 98 on the game. <laughs> Yankees and the Dodgers. Got Kershaw going for L.A. Against Sever- uh, Severino. Yeah. And uh, Baltimore in uh, San Francisco to take on the uh, Giants. And we have uh, the uh, Cubs in uh, San Diego Take on the mm. Padres this weekend. So on the West Coast this weekend, James Tyon, Eric's favorite, against Michael Waka. Oh, and three with an eight oh four. Get Tyon out of here. Yeah, it's uh... on this Cubs team. Travis nine and fifteen on the road. That's not good. Hmm. Yeah, no. And you'll be at a nine o'clock tomorrow as it's Drew Smiley against you, Darvish. So you get to revisit revisit you. you. And uh, yeah, I got so you on Sunday, uh, Marcus Stroman after his last outing against Ryan Weathers on the bump for San Diego. That could be a good one for, for Cubs fans. And uh, like I mentioned, the uh, Cardinals in uh, Pittsburgh this weekend, 5-10 will be the pregame show. Start here on 98.9 today, 2-10 tomorrow, and then bright and early, 9.40 a.m. pregame yeah. show uh, start on a Sunday. And we'll explain why that's so early coming up. But uh, we had some news yesterday as the uh, Cardinals were uh, traveling there to Pittsburgh as they're going to have an outfielder rejoining them. That's right. The Cardinals are recalling a Jordan Walker. He's coming back to uh, the uh, big leagues to rejoin the uh, Cardinals there in uh, Pittsburgh this weekend. So Jordan Walker's back, baby. Yeah. Happy Jordan Walker Day to those that celebrate. I'm glad that you have used now two of your call-ups on him. <laughs> Is it technically a call-up if he started the season on the opening day roster? Mm. I know maybe like service time, but... Yeah, service time. 
but I, I don't think it'd I don't be think one of his options. Yeah. yeah. You only use no. one option on him. No. Um, and in the minors, as if you remember, he uh, completely skipped AAA yeah. and uh, joined the big league ball club, and then they sent him down there to uh, Memphis. And uh, in Memphis, he had a two thirty nine batting average, and he had 14 home runs and uh, 16 RBIs. Of course, the excuse was uh, sending him down there was he wasn't driving the ball and getting the ball up in the air uh, enough for the Cardinals liking despite a 274 and like 15 game hitting streak or whatever. Yep. But we got to send you down. He's yep. hitting too many ground balls. Yep. But he's going to be uh, back with the uh, ball club this weekend. So we'll see if he gets put in the uh, starting lineup uh, this weekend as well. And uh, the reason why the uh, game is so early on a Sunday is because, hey, you can hear it on 98.9. We encourage you to do so. But the reason why they're so early is because they got the Peacock game this Sunday. And someone's going to be in the booth there with the Peacock crew. Albert Pools. Oh. Going to be a broadcaster for uh, NBC and Peacock huh. this Sunday. Huh. So we'll see if uh, Albert maybe, uh, maybe test driving the job. Possibly to become uh, an analyst or something. Maybe. We'll see how well he does. Hey, and you get to see old buddy Rich Hill, the ageless wonder, ah. on the mound for Sunday. <laughs> Rich Hill. Uh, he has said that he can be more excited for this opportunity coming back to uh, Pittsburgh where he had a lot of his success and mm-hmm. being in the booth for these two clubs is a perfect way to start off his uh, broadcasting career there on a Sunday. Uh, we got Jack Flaherty on the mound uh, tonight for the cards. Roman Ronis Contreras on the mound nice. for the Pirates. On Saturday, you got Libertor against Luis Ortiz. And like Eric mentioned there, Rich Hill for Pittsburgh. And Jordan Montgomery on the mound for the cards. Hopefully he has a bounce-back performance. Yeah. Now, bef- before we move on from baseball, Travis, real quickly, mm-hmm. uh, two things I wanted to bring up from yesterday. And that is uh, Ben Joyce, pitcher for the Angels. Yeah. He had 10 straight 100-plus mile-an-hour pitches. Oof. Like, is it is it getting to the point where it's like, what's the next benchmark? Like, is 100 right. even the benchmark anymore? Yeah, I remember I it, it used to be like a pitcher would hit 100 and everyone would go, oh, oh when he hit it once. Triple digits. Yeah, once. And it was yeah. a huge deal. Now yeah. we're doing it 10 straight pitches in a row. Yeah. Is it's not it, so rare of a current no. anymore. Is it becoming – it's almost like in – I was – and, again, I can only speak from my timeline. Mm-hmm. That the mid to late 90s, early 2000s, it was about longevity in each outing. How yeah, long can man. I pitch? And now somewhere in the mid-2000s, it switched over to – I'm not going to be out here very long, but I'm going to throw as hard as I can while I am out here. And it became, I think of Hunter Green, for example. Mm -hmm. You know, I love talking about Hunter Green because he hits 100 miles an hour at least four or five times during his starts. Mm -hmm. But he only goes four or five innings. And he's not very accurate. And he gives up a lot of hits. And he gives up Mm -hmm. a lot of home runs. But he can throw it fast. He can. Is that the bench? Like, is that where we are pitching-wise? where it's not about how long you can stay in the game. It's about how fast you can throw for three innings, and that's all I'm expecting out of a starting pitcher anymore. Yeah. If that's the case, why are we even calling him starting pitching? 
Like some don't. I know that's you know that's what necessitated the bullpen games, mm-hmm. where they would have starting pitchers that they knew were only going to throw an inning. Yeah, analytics. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, but it is a more common occurrence these yeah. days with guys throwing triple digits. The other thing, speaking of starting pitching, Chris Sale went down with an injury last night. Had to leave with, uh, uh, I believe it was left shoulder. Um, I'm shocked Chris Sale's injured. You know, I feel bad for the guy. I do, yeah. Like, you know, he was one of those, and we'll talk more in the pod because there's an anniversary today, and we'll, uh, I'm going to use it to bring up something. Well, actually, it's an anniversary this weekend, but I'm going to use it to bring up something uh, coming up in the podcast, so download that at fhamradio.com. Um, but it's... He was on track to be one of those good longevity starting Definitely. pitchers. And his injuries has derailed him. Mm-hmm. And he won't get to what he could have. Yeah, no. So uh, it's a shame. It really is. Yeah, he was such like a... Uh, unicorn out there with yeah. uh, what he could do, but yeah, definitely injuries have just plagued him mm-hmm. uh, for the longest time. Uh, let's see, is there any other uh, good uh, pitching matchups on uh, Saturday? I think we uh, used all our aces during the, the week. Uh, Garrett Cole is yeah. going up for the uh, Yankees. Michael Grove opposing him for the Dodgers. Alex Cobb pitching for the Giants. Um, Let's see on Sunday. Oh, Javier for the Astros. Oh yeah. On Saturday. Oh yeah, I missed that one. That's okay. Um, Alcantara. I don't know if he's good anymore, but <laughs> yeah, he's against Oakland, so that could be a good thing. Yep. Turn it around. <laughs> uh, Tristan McKenzie's a good young player for the Guardians. Uh, Singa going for the uh, Mets. He had a good outing uh, for them last time. Michael Kopech going for. The uh, White Sox, uh, Zach Galleon going for the uh, Diamondbacks against uh, Soroka. Didn't have the uh, sharpest of outings, no. but uh, he hadn't pitched in a couple of years. So yeah, and that, that Braves, Braves game on Saturday, you got Spencer Strider, and uh, then you also have um, – who's the other one I saw? I uh, missed him on Saturday. Yeah, uh, there was one other pitcher I thought I saw that maybe – oh, Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray for the Twins is pitching on Saturday. He's had a pretty good year as well, 4-0 with a 194. But he plays for the Twins, so that's why everyone forgets him. Yeah, and in that bad Ale Central. Yeah. Uh, the Yankees and Dodgers are on Sunday Night Baseball, like Eric alluded to here on 98.9. Yep. And German against Bobby Miller opposing him there with uh, two East Coast-West Coast battle in mm-hmm. L.A. this week, mm-hmm. this weekend on Sunday. So uh, that's a whip around in Major League Baseball, and we'll be back to a recap it all and uh, see you win series this weekend, and we'll talk about that on Monday. Hey, the Stanley Cup uh, Finals, uh, they begin on a Saturday, and uh, that's what we're talking about uh, to uh, close out the show and uh, get a quick preview there of the Knights versus Panthers. Stanley Cup Finals on Saturday, and that's coming up next on the Star Lineup to close us out. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios will be right back. 
This is Deputy Chief Kurt Davis of the Effingham Police Department with another safety tip for online use for your family. While online, a child might provide information or arrange an encounter that could risk his or her safety or the safety of other family members. In a few cases, pedophiles have used online services and bulletin boards to gain a child's confidence and then arrange a face-to-face meeting. Parents, be sure to stay in touch with your children's online activities, and if you detect any threats to your child's safety, notify your local police department. Cromwell Media Effingham is currently dealing with a low power issue due to our tower being hit by lightning. This is affecting WCRC at the moment. You can listen to your favorite Cromwell Media stations at FEMradio.com by downloading the free FEM Radio app or your smart speaker. Again, this is something we are aware of and are working as fast as we can to get it corrected. We apologize for any inconvenience and truly appreciate you being a loyal listener of Cromwell Media Effingham. Thank you. You can't see the future, but you can prepare for it. With the universal life policy from Pekin Life Insurance Company, you'll have guaranteed death benefit protection with the potential to build significant cash value for later years. Request a free quote for universal life insurance at PekinInsurance.com. In Effingham, contact Tingley Insurance at 217-342-3637 and we'll go beyond the expected for you. Save on select PCs powered by the latest Intel Core processors like Thin and Light XPS 13 laptops, Inspiron laptops, and 2-in-1s. Plus, get savings on select accessories, free shipping, and monthly payment options with Dell Preferred Account. It's the perfect season to power your passions during Dell's Summer Sale event. Save today by calling 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. Offered to U.S. residents by WebBank, who determines qualifications in terms of credit. Four! I wish I was a better golfer. Four is an odd word to yell. Whoa, where'd you come from? It's me, Flo, and I'm here to grant your wish of Progressive taking $50 off your deductibles. Just choose the deductible savings bank feature and finish a policy period without filing a claim or having a driving violation. Great, but um, what about my golf swing? Oh, I just do insurance. Sorry. Sign up for Progressive and opt into more savings. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Safe driver discount not available in all states or situations. And now... But mm-hmm. that is when ESPN News should be utilized. Yeah. Not cornhole. The starting lineup. It's pretty bags. it's pretty awesome. Sorry, bags. Yeah, which is it? Is it bags or cornhole? Playing. I think yeah, I, I always go bags. I always say that. On ninety eight nine the game. Starting lineup here on 98.9 The Game. ESPN Radio, we're only here on ESPN Radio for a little bit longer, but we got more stuff coming up in the uh, pod. Coming up there, we got some NASCAR Pick'em game for the uh, race this weekend there at Gateway, and also got some uh, college sports to uh, hit up on as well, the state in uh, sports history mm-hmm. as well, plus more that we can come up with in the podcast there while scrolling through on a uh, twitter on uh, that commercial break we did have some uh, breaking news in uh, the uh, nba breaking news uh with uh, the suns they found their head coach or did they now according to uh, Woj, frank vogel be the new hmm. head coach of the phoenix suns hmm so yeah frank vogel 
Yeah. All right. <laughs> Didn't exactly work out in L.A. when nope. he was there, but yeah. See how that works out with the KD and crew in Phoenix. Is KD still going to be there? Yeah, I, I think so. I don't know. I thought so. Who knows? All right, so uh, let's hit up on the uh, Stanley Cup uh, final that begins on a Saturday. TNT has it this year as it'll be at 7 o'clock there in Vegas. Panthers and uh, Golden Knights there for game one. And uh, they split their two regular season meetings this season. Uh, Las Vegas won 4-2 at home on January 12th. And Florida returned the favor with a 2-1 home win on March 7th. Uh, Bobarevsky and Aiden Hill are the two goaltenders for the Panthers and the Knights, respectively. And, ironically enough, they actually played against each other in both matchups. And that's not really significant in Bobarevsky's uh, camp uh, uh, Hill. He's not been uh, the uh, main uh, goaltender for uh, the uh, Knights uh, this season, as they've kind of had to, you know, goalie by committee mix and match, and uh, a lot of goaltenders uh, there. But just so happens that the previous two matchups had both these in net. Uh, the Golden Knights are the second team in NHL history to use at least five goalies during the regular season and have all of them finish with a safe percentage of 900 or better and later to advance to the Stanley Cup Finals. The other team was the 68-69 Blues, who would go on to be swept by the Canadiens in the uh, Finals. Uh, Jonathan Marsalt, William Carlson, and Riley Smith have played in every Golden Knights playoff game since the team's inception, and uh, Shea Theodore has played in 82 of the 83 games. Uh, Carlson and Marsalt uh, combined for 19 goals this postseason and have set the two highest single postseason goal totals in uh, franchise history, and all six of those players were on that team uh, in the 2017-2018 year when they lost to uh, the uh, Capitals there and also uh, there's a regular season point differential between these two teams and uh, the Golden Knights had 111 points on the regular season while the Panthers they came in at 92 points the largest in Stanley Cup final history since 2010 when the Blackhawks had a 112 point and they had a 24 point difference with the Flyers the Flyers only had 88 points that year, the team that had at least 19 more regular season points in their Stanley Cup final opponent is 20 and a three all time in a uh, title round scenario. And like I mentioned, the Panthers and the Knights are both in search of their first Stanley Cup championship. It would be uh, the first Stanley Cup final between teams who have yet to win the Stanley Cup since 2018, which also, of course, involved Vegas, who lost to the Capitals in uh, five games. Uh, The Golden Knights will have four days rest before the uh, finals, where the Panthers have been off for nine days. So Mm. we talked about that uh, Nuggets and Heat matchup of the Nuggets having some time off and the Panthers. I've had some time off after sweeping the Hurricanes uh, there. Florida has the longest time off before the Stanley Cup Finals since 2019 when the Bruins had 10 days off against the Blues. And what happened in that series? I believe, Travis, that uh, someone won a title for the first time, but hmm. that's all I remember. Yeah. I think St. Louis got the win oh, did they? in that series. Did they? Yeah. Oh. I wanna, I wanna say. I, I couldn't remember. So that doesn't bode well for the uh, Panthers 
And hopefully they fare better in a game one than their South Beach counterparts in the NBA there as game one in Vegas. Hey, show that you can hear it coming up next. Uh, Fitz and Harry. Fitz is going to this game. And of course he is. And he'll tell you all about it. It's his birthday. Of course he is. It's his birthday. He's got a press pass. He's also got tickets as well. He'll tell you all about it if you if you listen. I'm sure he'll go through the same scenario here about how he's going to have so many adult beverages yep. as well. That's the shows that we have coming up next. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's definitely what I want to tune so, in to hear. Hopefully it's a birthday. Those fair weather fans who come on you know, because the team's good. Right, yeah. I mean, how many times has Fitz talked about the Golden Knights this season? Just started following them probably. Now, I thought he was – do I have my host mixed up, Travis? Maybe. Was he the band – was in a band? Mm-hmm. See, yeah. I thought he was a Preds guy. I remember him talking about the Preds when they were in the playoffs. Well, I know that, you know, he's a fan of the Raiders, so he kind of follows okay. the Raiders to Vegas, and the Golden Knights haven't been around for a while. For a while See, so. I swore that he was a Preds fan. He may have been. When he lived in Nashville, yeah. probably. Yeah. Yeah. He was like the uh, uh, fiddler. Fiddler for uh, Ben Perry? All Lady I know a. is the country. Lady A? I don't think it was Lady A. I'm going to look it up. Hold on. Uh, game number one on a Saturday. They're in Vegas, and then it's a, a quick turnaround. Uh, game number two is on a Monday. They're in Vegas, so little double dip. This weekend, I guess you'd say, if you consider Monday. Monday's not a weekend this this week. So, uh, so who do you got in uh, Van this? Van Perry. Yeah, I thought it was Van Perry, but I wasn't sure. Uh, so who you got in uh, this uh, series with all of your hockey? Studied violin at Juilliard. Hockey um, knowledge. I got Vegas. How many games? Uh, I'll give it six. Hmm. Vegas and six because I want them to win, and I am. I I don't want anyone from South Beach just to succeed. So. Exactly, I couldn't uh, agree more. So, Golden Knights. I wanted to disagree with you really badly, but I can't. Could this one be a sweep as well? No, I don't think it's going to be a sweep, no. and uh, I would agree. Hopefully, it's a six or seven game series. Uh, I don't want to be the same as you, so I'm going to go in seven. Now, I will say, Travis, this one I feel is a lot closer than the NBA one. I could see this one going either way, coming down to game seven. And I I don't see one team dominating another. Right. I I wouldn't be surprised if it went either way, but I I want Vegas. I'm a fan of the newer teams. Sure. Yep. Even though Florida's not that old either. Yeah, I say they're not too, uh, too old, but... Um, obviously Vegas not being less than They're the second youngest. Old. Yeah. So uh worked out for the Marlins and the Diamondbacks That's in true. the uh baseball world, but we'll see what happens in game one and in game two on a Monday. We still got more stuff to talk about in the uh, pod uh, coming up. We got more college uh, stuff to get into as well as a NASCAR pickup and uh, so much more coming up on the uh, pod and uh, coming up next, as I alluded to it's Fitz and Harry. So enjoy Fitz talking about the game tomorrow coming up next here on the ESPN radio. Thanks for listening to the starting lineup on 98, nine, the game. Ha, 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 ha.
into the uh, Stardom Lineup. Welcome into the podcast of the uh, Stardom Lineup. Travis Sparks, Eric Fry here with you. Still got some uh, stuff to uh, talk about. Got this date in uh, sports history. Mm-hmm. Got some NASCAR. Yep. NASCAR Pick'em. And uh, some college athletics to uh, get into as well. Hey, the Softball World Series is underway. Yes. Last night in... Yeah, use an action in baseball yep, tonight baseball. as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, Illinois missed out on a guard, but they did acquire another one. So we'll oh boy. touch on that as well and so much more. But is there anything on uh, sports center that you wanted to get into? Before yeah, we get? I mean, there's a, a couple of things here. Um, we talked yesterday about the Celtics uh, sticking with their coach. So Brad Stevens confirmed Thursday they are bringing the 34-year-old back to lead the team. That's Joe Mazzula. Excuse me. Uh, Patrick Kane is going to need some time to recover from a recent surgery. The uh, pending unrestricted free agent forward underwent a hip resurfacing procedure on Thursday and is expected to take four to six months to recover. According to Sportsnet, doctors are optimistic the procedure won't impact Kane's career trajectory. 34-year-old finished last season a member of the Rangers after being traded at the deadline by the Chicago Blackhawks. Kane was originally selected by Chicago, the first overall pick in the 2010 NHL entry draft. Travis, I don't know what that is. That sounds painful and sounds like something I really don't want to skate on afterwards. No. Hip resurfacing? Yeah, it definitely sounds like an evasive process and painful process and going to be some long recovery. Mm-hmm. So. The Southeastern Conference, or SCC as it is known, will be ditching its divisions for the 2024 conference schedule. SEC Commissioner Greg Senke confirmed Thursday that the league will not be moving to a nine-game conference schedule, but has instead approved a temporary eight-game conference schedule when it welcomes Texas and Oklahoma to the league in 2024. Senke said that the league will continue exploring scheduling options for 2025 and beyond. The SEC currently plays an eight-game conference schedule with games across all all six division opponents plus two cross divisional games. Mm-hmm. So they're going to stick with that. Yep. The eighth game model. Yep. And finally, the House lawmakers are set to vote on a resolution Monday that would create a Roberto Clemente Day in Pennsylvania. Sponsors say the measure would recognize September 15th in honor of the humanitarian who played 18 seasons with the Pittsburgh Pirates. The resolution would celebrate his life as a 12-time All-Star World Series MVP and the first Latin American inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Clemente was also known for his humanitarian work in his native Puerto Rico. Travis, I put this in here because why is this not already a thing? Yeah. Why is this not already a thing? Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was too. Hmm. But I think back, like, would he be the next guy that every team should retire, like Jackie Robinson? Yeah. I I, I -hmm. think so. I I think that number 21 jersey. Yeah, I've heard that being talked about. It it should be retired across the league. 
Yeah. I I, 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 I just, I, I think it should. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. Yeah. You know, but then I know it gets into the argument of, well, do you do it for Babe Ruth? Do you do it for Ted Williams? Do you do it for, you know, these great players? But No, you don't have to do it for every great player, but. I think, I think it's. A great player and his humanitarian work. Yeah, I mean, he died exactly. yeah. trying to give help to an earthquake-stricken mm-hmm. country. Right. Yeah. That should be recognized across the league. Yeah. I mean, don't we have the Roberto Clemente Award we for do. the best humanitarian? Like, mm-hmm. Yep. To me, no one should be wearing number 21. And as a guy who in every single sports game gives himself the jersey number 21, because my birthday is August 21st, Hmm. I am saying no one should wear the number 21 in baseball. Hmm. Yeah, I would uh, I would agree. So, there you go. Hmm. One year I got randomly assigned 17 in a college game, and I've went with that number ever since. Hmm. See, I've started changing mine to 22 because my son's birthday is January 22nd, so now it's 22. Hmm. But. Gotcha. I mean, I can't do twenty three because twenty three is MJ. <laughs> yeah, of course. So I I, I try twenty one or twenty two. Those are my go tos. Yeah. If that's not available, then I'll go with the months with our which are one or eight. <laughs> right. Then I go to my wife, and then if that's not available, then I then I just go random. Uh, what team do you play for? The Yankees. They're running out of numbers. Running out of numbers. Hey, your Cardinals aren't that far behind either, Travis. Yeah, we do have. They got quite a few numbers on that outfield wall. Quite out a there. few. Yeah. Not quite as many as the Yankees, but Cubs, I think, have five. Yeah. <laughs> Not that many. We got lots of numbers to spare. Just yeah. grab a number. Yeah, just take what you want. <laughs> Basically. Uh, so, uh, before we, uh, turn and things over to, uh, college sports, I did see something, uh, last night before the, uh, finals game that was, uh, underway it was, uh, Adam Silver was having a, a press conference before he does before the finals. And he said an interesting, uh, comment and we'll have to look to see what happens after the NBA finals, because he said an interesting comment about John Morant that I thought was like, mm-hmm. whoa, like what could be coming and what could be unsurfaced yeah. here. Uh, Tim McMahon, a reporter there for ESPN that covers basketball, he uh, quoted Adam Silver in the press conference on John Moran said, we've uncovered a fair amount of additional information. We probably could have brought it to a head now, but we've made the decision that will that would be unfair to these players and to these teams to announce the decision in the middle of this series. Mm. And uh, said uh, that Adam Silver says he expects a decision regarding disciplinary action against John Morant to be announced soon after the finals finish. So a fair amount of additional information. That sounds bad. That sounds very bad. That they wanted to do this and don't want it to overshadow, overshadow the, the finals. NBA finals. So is he going to get suspended for the year? Travis, I was thinking that exact same thing when he said that. <laughs> that sounds bad. I was like, this has to be a big thing. Yeah. At least half a year. Minimum. Yeah. If not indefinite. Mm-hmm. Wow. And again, if I'm Memphis, what do I do? <laughs> right, exactly. Because I would say Memphis is probably... They're right there on the cusp of being a contender in the West. Mm-hmm. They were before all this Morant stuff happened. 
They were the three right. seed. Yeah. But without him, where are you at? Mm-hmm. And as I look at the um, NBA standings from last year, Travis, all right? Yeah. And I am taking a look at a team like Portland, like Dallas, like the Thunder, like maybe the Bulls. That can wait. You know what I'm saying? Maybe the Pistons. Who can wait. And say, alright, fine, he's suspended for a year. We're not ready to compete this year. We don't want to compete this year. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Would that be Some something to entice Memphis? If they go hey. in knowing, we're not going to get him this year. Or we're going to get him for the second half of the year. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. Because we're not ready to compete right now. Right. We'll be ready in a year. Yeah, I guess they would, they would just have to uh, look at uh, Ja, see if he has improved his behavior and to take a chance on him. I, they wouldn't do this again. To me, Travis, I mean, the Raptors are a great team. They just... Got a new coach, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Fleet. Like, that's a team that could wait. Yeah. Or the other one, Travis, and I don't know if they want to bring that into the culture, but could you imagine Sacramento hmm. trying to make a deal for that? They're a young team. They got a core that's not going anywhere. They made yeah. the playoffs this year. Fine. We don't need him this year. Let our young guys get another year under their belts. And then next year, boo. We're looking to go. Maybe. Or this seems this seems like a move the Nets would make. Mm. Right? Possibly. This seems like something the Nets or the 76ers Ooh. would try 76ers to make. Sag and see the Nets for sure. I don't know about the 76ers. 76ers, new coach. James Harden doesn't re-sign. Yeah, I guess all depends you, what happens to him. You, you got to do something to keep Embiid there. Mm. You got to give him a two. Uh, Memphis would be picking in 25th in the upcoming draft. So they could potentially, depending on what kind of suspension comes down for Morant, would possibly move up in the draft. Possibly. You're probably not going to get uh, – player to replace what Ja was giving you there in that spot but but again I guess it all depends on what you want to do and it depends on how long he's out for mm-hmm. would whatever player you draft give you more than what you're gonna get from Ja this year if he's out for a year yeah well obviously the answer to that is yes yes <laughs> because something's better than nothing yeah it's true and that'll be on June 22nd so I don't know if the finals will be completed by then. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. would be. Oh, yeah, yeah. Duh. It's okay. NBA is not your strong suit, so I'll, I'll forgive no, you, Travis. Especially drafts. Well, drafts especially. in general, yes, are not your strong suit. But, yeah, so that uh, that sounds bad. Sounds very bad. What's, uh, what's coming for the suspension of uh, John Moran, we can only assume. So we'll have to wait till the finals 
it appears, for an announcement to be made about that. So let's uh, switch things up to uh, College of Sports and uh, take a look at the uh, softball World Series that got underway there in Oklahoma yesterday. As it was Oklahoma, they continued their winning ways as they are 57-1 and on the season. Wow. And their 2 to nothing win over Stanford. And Florida State also got the win over OK State, 8-0. to And Tennessee was all over Alabama, 10-5. to And Utah and Washington was postponed yesterday. Mm, weather. Uh, yep, so uh, they're playing right now. Stanford and Alabama in an elimination game. And OK State would be taking on the loser of that Utah and Washington game later on tonight. They're in the softball World Series over on the uh, winner's bracket. Tennessee and Oklahoma matching up in Florida State. Take on the winner of today's matchup between Utah and Washington tomorrow. So always try to take a quick peek in the uh, softball uh, World Series uh, this time of year. Usually their games aren't on television too often up until the postseason time, really. So I always try to check in on a softball mm-hmm. World Series mm-hmm. then. Also in uh, college baseball action, it was uh, EIU in action later on tonight at uh, 7 o'clock. And they're there in that Nashville regional. We uh, talked about the living situation there in the Lexington regional, but EIU's there in Nashville to take on Vanderbilt tonight. 7 o'clock on the SEC Network and ESPN+. Plus. By the way, Brian Windhorst on Get Up this morning, Travis, said that uh, significant suspension is upcoming for Morant. Mm-hmm. Well, I was trying to see if I could find any rumors of, of what exactly is happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet that's it's got to be what it is. Half Minimum. a season or the whole year. Yeah. So, <sighs> not a good situation there. No. Uh, so, uh, finally in, uh, college basketball yesterday, Illinois, they lost out on uh, Ray J Davis, the, uh, transfer guard ended up going with, uh, Baylor. We mentioned that on the show in the first segment, but uh, a little bit later on after the podcast was done and we lost out on that, they quickly pivoted and, uh, got a guard after all. And they got Jeremiah Williams who committed to, uh, Illinois as he's been at uh, Temple and Iowa State the last couple of years. In 2021, he played for the Owls, and last year he transferred to Iowa State, but he got injured, and he uh, is coming off an Achilles injury, and he missed the entire season with the Cyclones this year. He was expected to be the starting point guard for them. He averaged 9.5 points a game uh, with Temple, and one of the reasons why he came here to Illinois was that he's a Chicago kid as he went to a Simeon and he obviously uh, went to a temple and was recruited by Illinois before that, uh, before he decided on the Owls. And so uh, he would need, he would likely need a waiver to actually play this upcoming season since he would be his second transfer in uh, two years with that uh, injury. That's what you want. Someone coming off an injury yeah. with his second two years, you know, no team loyalty, no, you know, doesn't want to yeah, work the hard. Big Achilles injury. That's I have faith in our uh, strength and conditioning staff, but 
uh, man, that's that's more concerning to me than the schools. Well, it is to me. I hate. It is. A, it is a red flag. Around. It is a red flag, but uh, watch we'll see what he is, and maybe he doesn't even play this season. So that doesn't even help us at all. Yeah, with guard play this season, but uh, hey, the transfer portal is is still open, and uh, now that all the eggs that were in the basket of Ray J. David or Ray J. Dennis can be shifted elsewhere, and the recruitment can be. Uh, put elsewhere there. So uh, was excited about losing out on the uh, guard, but then picking up another one. But after I dove deeper and heard about that injury, I was like, ooh, well, maybe not as exciting now. But, hey, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, so uh, let's get to uh, – let's get to – was there anything else before this date in sports history besides NASCAR? Um, I don't believe Didn't so. Did you mention something at the end of the show? That had to do with this day in sports history. Oh, okay. It, it's a, All right. a thing coming off of that. All right, so let's get into that then. Okay, all right. Uh, this day in sports history, uh, today and the weekend. Travis, on this day back in 1941, 16 years to the day after he replaced Wally Pip, yep. Lou Gehrig died of uh, ALS. Oh. So... 1941, 16 days after he started his first game of that long stretch, passed away. Hmm. Also on this date, back in 1995, the Expos spent their 18th round pick, yes, pick number 507, Travis, on a Juniper Sierra High School standout catcher named Tom Brady, who elected to play for the University of Michigan at football before becoming the quarterback of the New England Patriots as Tom Brady and Barry Bonds graduated from the same high school in California. Mm-hmm. Just think of how different our sports world would be if Tom Brady was a catcher for the Expos instead of a quarterback. Yeah, right? How different would, how would, would our the sports NFL world be? NFL be, be different? The Patriots would never become a dynasty. Mm. Or Drew Bledsoe would have been the guy to lead him there. Yeah, right. Or whoever the one guy was who started after Brady got hurt. Uh, Matt Castle? Matt Castle could have been a multi-time Super Bowl champ. Could have been. Well, he already was. Jimmy G could have been the starting quarterback for Super Bowl teams. He wasn't the starting quarterback, but he was the quarterback yeah, for Super Bowl winning teams. And finally, Travis, on this day back in 2010, Armando Galarraga's imperfect game. After he retired the first 26 batters, Galarraga appeared to have thrown a perfect game after a ground out to first, but first pace umpire Jim Joyce missed the call, ruling that Jason Donald's safe. Galarraga retired the next batter he finished to finish off the one-hit shutout. Hmm. That is when a time like a AI umpire would be really helpful. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I felt bad for that poor umpire. And then the moment the next game where Galarraga went out there to give the lineup card and Joyce was the, the umpire and he just started crying to him because he knew he missed it. Like, mm-hmm. But, hey, I umpired at first base when I was, I was a teen. And I missed so many calls. It is very hard <laughs> because you're watching the ball come – in and you're trying to watch both things at the same time and sometimes you just you can't and you miss it and it happens it happens my little brother's team was very upset because that's who i was umpiring for and a lot of calls were against his team 
So I was trying not to show favoritism. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, June 4th, this would be tomorrow, the Lakers came back from 13 down at the start of the fourth quarter to beat the Trailblazers in Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals. It's the largest start of fourth quarter deficit overcoming a Game 7 NBA playoff victory. And then... Let's see. Oh, wait a minute. That's June 4th. That's Sunday. June 3rd. I missed a day. Uh, 1992, in Game 1 of the 92 Finals, Travis, we had another iconic moment. As against the Trailblazers, Michael Jordan hit six threes and scored a Finals record 35 points in the first half, where he famously shrugged uh, at the sidelines. The famous shrug. The famous shrug. June 3rd, 1992. And then going back to June 4th, Travis, this is the one I was talking about. Randy Johnson, in 2009, on June 4th, earned the 300th win of his career, becoming the 24th major league pitcher to reach the milestone by leading San Francisco to a 5-1 victory over the Nationals in the first game of a doubleheader. No other pitcher has hit 300 wins since, Travis. Mm -hmm. Which makes me ask, will we ever see another 300-game winner in our lifetime? Ooh. It's going to be tough. Now, here's, here's most recently active pitchers. Here we go. Yep. That are still pitching. Mm -hmm. That's what active means. Justin Verlander. Yep. He's at 244. Ooh. He's got 40 years. He's 40 years old. I was yeah. going to say he's got 40 years left. Hardly, but. <laughs> he's 40 years old. He's dealt a lot of injuries. Yes. But, but, if he could basically let me let me look at this um he said in post in the off season when he joined the Mets he was asked about his career and he said if I'm 45 and still pitching good why would I stop ooh 45 though it's pretty old so if he was to project if he can play to age 43 Travis and win 10 games a year from this year through 2026, he would have 298. Hmm. 10 games a year he has to win for the next three years. Hmm. And if he can play to age 45, like he says he wants to, he will definitely break it. Could be doable. Could be doable. All right, let's talk about the next one who who may be able to do it. Uh-huh. That Grinky. Yep. How many wins he have? He currently he has two twenty three. Ooh. That was starting this year. Yeah. But the Royals are not that good of a team. No. So he's got a lot of he's got a lot of things to overcome. I don't think he's gonna do it. No. I don't think so either. I, I just don't think he's got enough left in in his tank. He's one in five this season. Yes. He's it's unlikely that he's gonna get anywhere close, obviously. Uh next up, Travis, we have um one of uh your favorites, Garrett Cole. Yeah. Garrett Cole. Now, obviously he won twenty one games one season. That helps. It does help. But he got six right now. He's only 32. Cole has averaged 13 wins a year in his career. He'll be in New York through the 2028 season. 
If he can average 15 wins until that time, he'll be at 220 at the age of 38. Hmm. Now, he'd obviously have to play to his 40s to have a chance at 300. If he averages 12 wins and plays until he's 42, he'd be at 268. Ooh. And still... That's still a lot to ask for. Too far away. That's still a lot to ask for. Next up, Aaron Nola. Mm-hmm. Any chance that you that he could do it? Let's see. Cooperate with me. No, you're fine. He's in the prime of his career, playing eight seasons in the major leagues, and has averaged 13 wins a season. At that pace, he would need to play 17 more seasons to get close to 300. That would put him among all-time longevity guys like Bartolo Colon and Jamie Moyer. If he can remain healthy and can reel off some seasons with wins in the upper teens and even low 20s, that would help his case. It's not impossible, but it's still a long shot. Yeah, it is a long shot. He's 29. He is, but he's been pitching at the major league level since 2015. Hmm. He's been around a long time and eating up a lot of innings. Yeah. And the last one, Travis, Yep. that I'm going to talk about of the top five pitchers to do it. Urias. He joined the majors at age 19. Yeah, he was young. Played five games his rookie season, but he was inconsistent and wasn't a starter. So that doesn't help things. No. Um, In 2021, he finally returned to full-time starter duty and had an excellent season. He started 32 games, led the majors in wins, going 20-3. and Uh, Last season went 17-7. and His 37 wins over the past two seasons, that's an average of 18.5 wins a season, raised his career total to 49 games at 26 years old. Take a more conservative approach and say he wins an average of 12 games over the next four seasons. That would get him to 97 by the age of 30. More aggressive projection of 15 wins would get him to 109. If he can keep up an 18.5 win pace, he would be at 123 wins by the age of 30, and he'd still have 10 more years in front of him. Yeah. But the main overall point of this question, Travis, and it goes back to pitcher longevity, and it goes back to starter staying in games and pitching. Some of these starters pitching enough to get credit for wins. Mm-hmm. Is 300 wins a realistic expectation Mm -hmm. is it a standard that is too high it might be in today's day and age it might be i mean considering 2009 was the last time we saw a pitcher do it with injuries with pitchers not pitching as long the average pitcher's career travis has been cited at around 10 years an excellent pitcher like Garrett Cole would need to extend that average by at least one and a half times. Hmm. And Bartolo Colon, who was pedestrian but solid starter in his career, would need to double the standard to hit 200. Mm-hmm. In all of baseball history, only 119 pitchers have at least 200 wins. So it'd still be an exclusive club to join. Yeah, I think it might be... Might be a little too much. Aaron Nola, like we said, is the active leader in wins in his 20s. He has 78 at age 29. He would need to play nine additional seasons at his current 13 wins a year pace to hit 200 wins. Mm-hmm. That would be a spectacular career. Yeah. 
I just, with the way the game has changed, 300 is unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Guys aren't pitching as much. They're not pitching on four days rest or five days rest or stuff like that. No. Pitchers are getting hurt a lot more, too. Yeah. They're getting hurt, and like we said, they're not pitching like they used to. Mm-hmm. They just they just aren't. Like we said, Randy Johnson was the last pitcher to get 300. He got 303 is what he ended his career with, Travis, okay? Mm-hmm. And he's, there were some seasons. Let's see here. I pressed the wrong thing. Apologize for a second. He started 35 games three, four, four times and 34 times multiple. Multiple times in his career, he started 34 games in a year. Pitched till he's 45. Got to the majors at 24. We're not seeing guys start that young mm-hmm. at the major league level. We're not seeing them pitch all the way to 45. And we're not seeing guys start 35 to 33 games a year. No. That's just, that's not happening anymore. Mm, no. Nope, it's not. I mean, you look at Urias, who we just used as the example. Mm-hmm. Last year. How many games did he start last year? Last year, he started 31. Before that, he started 32 games. Right, yeah, it was like like you said, he didn't start out as a starting yeah. pitcher. Now, his two seasons he's that he started, he has 20 and 17 yeah. and wins. But And he's also currently hurt right now. He's currently hurt now, so that doesn't help him at all. He's currently out with a hamstring. Hmm. But you look at someone, and again, this is going way back. You look at Nolan Ryan, Travis. Oh, yeah. Nolan Ryan started 39, 41 games in a, in a, in a season. Mm-hmm. That's not happening. No. There's no pitcher that is going to start that many games. And starting them is one thing, but then you have to win them. Mm-hmm. Which means you have to have your offense put up the points, and you have to have your bullpen hold it. Yep. When these guys were going out and pitching – seven eight innings they kind of still controlled their own destiny because there were maybe two innings that they left up to the bullpen mm-hmm. when guys are only pitching five innings they have four innings that they just have to sit and watch what happens yeah it's just the game is different i think 200 should be the standard 250 at most yeah 300 seems like a a tall task, a tall obtainable thing that was more common back in the day. Back in the day. So I I think that's right. Yeah. I just I don't see anyone anytime soon ever getting to three hundred. And so like I said, we need to lower our standards as baseball fans of what that magic number is. I mean, you, you look at some of the guys who could have done it. You know, Tim Lincecum had a chance, but he ended up getting hurt um, and retired at the age of 32. Felix Hernandez, you know, he made it to the – King Felix made it to the majors at 19. Mm-hmm. Won 143 games before he turned 30. He was on track for 300, but then only won 26 total games in his 30s Ooh. and retired at 33. Yeah, I say he retired pretty early. Right. Jamie Moyer, Moyer, Bartolo Colon. Moyer had one of the most unique careers in modern baseball. He played 25 seasons and had 269 wins. 
Mm. That's it. That's it. Bartolo Colon, 21 seasons, retired at the age of 49, he or 45, 247 wins. Mm. Clayton Kershaw. Yep. He says has a lot less wins than I thought. 197. At 34, Adam Wainwright, 195. Mm-hmm. Garrett Cole's at 130, and he's 32. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <coughs> Madison Bumgarner's only 33. He feels like he's 55 out there. Yeah. Travis, did you know Johnny Cueto has more wins than Madison Bumgarner? Hmm. I did not. Johnny Cueto has 143 wins. David Price has 157 wins. So, David Price. Cole Hamels has 163. Here's to me as one of one of the guys, depending on how long they want to play, and if they get back to the form we've seen them before. And that's Max Scherzer. Yeah. It, Max Scherzer right now is at 201. He's 37. Ooh. If he plays five years, he would have to average 20 wins a year. Yeah. That's not happening. That's not going to happen. So, again, would you say Max Scherzer has had a Hall of Fame career? At least consideration for a Hall of Fame? I would say so, yes. So, why is 300 the number? Hmm. I guess it's... Whereas I could see him having... Five seasons of ten wins and getting to two fifty. Yeah, I think two fifty needs to be the new number pitchers need to reach for wins because we're just in a different age. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's what I wanted to bring up. That seems to be a good a good number, two fifty. I think two fifty. Yeah, I like that. I could dig that. <laughs> I was going to say, I was, I was going to look up who would be considered a great, one of the great all-time pitchers with 250 wins. Who would we be getting in there that maybe you wouldn't consider an all-time great? <laughs> Andy Pettit? CC Sabathia, Travis? Yeah. 251 for CC. Just, just Jamie Moyer? Mark. Mike Mussina? <coughs> you know, I'd be all right with those guys. Bartolo Colon misses out 247. Ah, just missed out. Justin Verlander's at 246, so he's not even at the 250 mark yet. No. Bartolo Colon, 247. Darn. John Lester, 200. By the way, when you look up Major League Baseball career wins leaders, and I know it's <clears throat> Wikipedia, it stops at 200. It only lists p- pitchers who have gotten 200 wins. So that right there tells me Wikipedia has decided 200 is the number. <laughs> and John Lester finished with right at 200. Yep. Couldn't just get one more with his Cardinal stint, Travis? No. All right, are you ready to move on to NASCAR? Yeah, we'll wrap this on, thing up. Uh, we'll move on to NASCAR. All right, NASCAR pick 'em. NASCAR pick 'em. I won last week. 
So I will pick first this week. We are at Gateway. Um, the guy I was going to pick, I've already picked. So that's great. Um, I've already picked him. You cannot pick Chase Elliott either. I mean, I could. I could totally throw the weekend and pick Chase Elliott. That would not be ideal because that would not carry over to Corey LaJoy. I've already picked Corey LaJoy, so uh, I, I I can't. Well, there that, goes that. That's who I was going to pick was Corey LaJoy, and then I remembered I've already picked him. So I have to actually look at the list of, of drivers. Well, there goes that. Um, I will pick. I'll pick Brad Keselowski. Brad Keselowski. Sure. Yeah, we'll go with that. Why not? We'll <laughs> go with Brad Keselowski. Those Fords have been running good for RFK this year, having a good bounce back season. So I'll, I'll go with Brad Keselowski, Travis. Brad Keselowski. All right. Hmm. Let's see. Kyle Larson is the favorite again, but yep, I picked him last week. Yep. Didn't work out so well. Nope. Let's see. Is there any other races that could unleash him here in the near future? Mm. I'd have to save that for way later, so I don't want to. Well, do don't that. forget. Remember at the playoff point we reset. I know. I know. Hmm. I. I will go with I will go with Tyler Reddick. Tyler Reddick. You have not picked Reddick. I like that pick too. He ran good last year. Tyler Reddick. Tyler Reddick. Alrighty. In uh, St. Louis. In St. Louis in Gateway. At Gateway. After after this weekend, uh, where are we at after this weekend? Oh, we go out to Sonoma, to the road course. Hmm. So. Road course racing. Yeah. By the way, and we will check in after this weekend, but heading into Sonoma. Sonoma will be the final race of the brackets. Hmm. So we'll see what the actual brackets look like um, when we when we get there. Uh, who's going to be competing for that championship? Hmm. The unofficial championship. The unofficial championship. That's right. <laughs> and Travis, we are closing in. We are now less than a month away from the. Uh, actually, we're a month to the day of the Chicago Street Course. And uh, Dale Jr. was actually up in Chicago earlier this week, driving on the course and giving it a go through, along with some other drivers. They were in SUVs driving the course. So hmm. get excited for that. And they're already starting to shut down the roads in Chicago. Already? Yeah. A month out? Yeah. Maybe not quite yet. Give it another week. Oof. That's a uh, while to be closing down the roads, but I guess you got to set it up. Yeah, you got to set it up. You got to bring in bleachers. You got to put all the fake walls up. You got to make a pit road. You got to make all this other stuff. Plus a concert area because there's going to be concerts. That's right. Can't forget about the concerts. Yep, yep, yep. So if you want to go see it, go enjoy it because it's going to be one and done with this road race. I am telling you right now, the new mayor who was elected will not allow this to happen again. 
Probably not. So, hey, but that may be good news for Chicago Land Motor Speedway. It's still sitting out there in a close to Joliet, just sitting abandoned. No one's on it. We saw North Wilkesboro come back. Why not Chicago Land? Why not? They want to do the Chicago market. You know, they did the Road America thing for a couple of years, but mm-hmm. got away from there. Now we're in the Chicago Street Course. I've seen some people already say before the Chicago Street Course that we already need to look at doing a New York City Street Course. Ooh. I'm like, no, we don't. Ooh. We're getting no. video game territory here. We are, and I don't like it. Let's go to race courses. <laughs> Actual race That's courses. That's what they were made for. Yeah. Streets were made for cars. Race course race These tracks are cars. were made for race tracks. No. Race tracks were made for race cars. But they're cars. Street though. cars are made for street courses. We don't have street cars anymore. I mean they do in San Francisco, I think. Travis, I do a street course every day on my way in here to work. <laughs> and that's the equivalent of what what's gonna happen in Chicago. Yeah. Is it? To me, it is. Hmm. Maybe. Don't think it's going to be quite the same thing. I think they're going to be going a little bit faster than you. Oh, you don't see me at 4 o'clock in the morning when I'm barreling in here because I'm running true. late. Uh, probably not a lot of people see you uh, when you come in here. Nope. Nope. I, I just, in. again, this is going to be an unmitigated disaster. Oh, uh, yeah. It's It just is. Everything about it is going to be a disaster. Yeah. And I hope it fails. Yeah, I definitely don't don't doubt that that it's a disaster with everything being set up. Yep. And and here's the thing, Travis, and and we'll we'll wrap up on this. Um and that is I talked about the Chicagoland racetrack. It's sitting there empty. It's still in good condition. And these new cars, the mile and a half tracks have been the best races. That's what Chicago is. It's a mile and a half that has already produced some good finishes in the past. Now that track has aged even more, which means there's more wear on the tires, which means there's less grip, which means cars are sliding around more, and the mile and a half are the best track for this new car. I don't know why you just don't go back there. Because it's not in Chicago. It's in Joliet. That's why. Mm. And to me, that is an awful reason why not to do it. Instead, you're going to do a race in downtown Chicago and close off the streets. Yeah. Chicago, downtown, there's no violence there. No. Never heard of any. <laughs> I can see the headlines now, Travis, and they're not good. Uh, well, hopefully it doesn't get to, to uh, that point, but we both uh, agree that it's going to be a logistical traffic nightmare, and it sounds like it's already starting to be, so... Uh, that will do it here for us on the program. We'll be back on Monday to uh, recap that. And we'll be back to uh, recap the finals, Game 2, and Stanley Cup, Game 1 as well. And hopefully we'll be talking about uh, some good things with the local sports as well. That will do it for us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Have a great weekend, everybody. Peace. Peace.